that that time of the day I'm looking over there seeing what's what's going on in the world what is going on and I'm trying to I know it takes a little while to get these streams going it's a little while to get people logged in so I want to give a little bit of a lead in to get let people get in and get started Eric is here this morning good to see you Eric bright and early I think you're gonna get the participation trophy the participation star the always on time guy always here right right as we start I gotta agree it looks looks pretty nice out good day to be a lottery winner I think be out on on a boat I don't know somewhere where it's warm or something it is a nice day though beautiful day had to pull the curtains back because we're getting all kinds of crazy light in here and once you get light in you get weirdness on the yeah as you guys know it's green screen back there that's not really that's not really I'm not really floating above the earth that's just a green screen oh uh, but it was good to see you Eric nice to see you hopefully you got that email this morning sent you the code to get in uh, I want to talk to you a little bit today I'll probably send an email a little bit later about the course the RMF course just uh, general information about um, some stuff I'd like you to do if you have time if you get if you got the time to do it while you're auditing the course that would be awesome but it is Eric I agree beautiful day out there beautiful day out there last night you see that this right here the the big tumbler the big tankard flask I don't know what we're gonna call that thing um, have the folks that make some of our some of our swag we're trying some different things actually D was behind it she was making different stuff so this is this is kind of cool There's only one of them we made one of them to see how it looked how it feels how it works um, this is a 42 ounce uh, I don't know what they call this thing rove double wall just a uh, vacuum insulated double wall cooler kind of thing it's kind of cool though it's got the screw top like pory thing so you know a lot of times I use that gigantic uh, red coffee cup to fill my coffee up while I'm down here in the morning these this this might be the deal it says it keeps stuff hot for eight hours cold for 24 hours I don't know where we're gonna try it out see if it's worth getting some more of these things and maybe give these out as prizes put them out on the swag uh, page as well in case people want to buy them um, kind of cool we do have the regular red logo remember everyone deployed in the cyber recon on the back I'm gonna test this thing out see if it's worth getting some more of them it looks it fits it's pretty it's pretty daggone cool the way it works I don't know we'll we'll put them out there the swag stuff is on as you know cyber-recon.com front slash swag swag and if we could decide to go with these we'll put these out there we got some other stuff that came in that we're trying out see what it looks like see how it is see if it's anything you guys may want um, obviously we have the the RMF -er shirts and the uh, Red Friday shirts are out there yeah, I've had some had a restaurant out in you know went out out to uh, Casper Wyoming there's a restaurant out there now that's wearing some of our uh, Red Friday shirts they wear Red Friday shirts every Friday um, and now they're one of, one of our, you know, some of the staffs out there wearing Cyber Recon Red Friday shirts. 
So, got my Hilly coffee and a Virginia cup. Ah, what a way, like, like, Eric said, what a beautiful day. Alex, good, good morning, sir. It's good to see you today. Um, dig it in, Alex. You know, remind me, Alex reminds me of all this stuff we want to do. We want to get on the calendar that we want to do. I was uh, digging into, and I downloaded, and of course, you know, I'm an older guy. I got to print stuff out sometimes. It's a lot of stuff. I printed out, I printed out the one. 37 the NIST special publication 137 um, the alpha that just came out the draft and that uh, NIST uh, ITSR the how how the whole continuous monitoring piece how NIST has got their vision for it and how they're revamping that recharging it so I've got all that stuff downloaded um, printed out and I'm going to start going through that I think that'd be good for the conversation on Thursday we start talking about oh, the advanced RMF class. Yes. Awesome, Eric. You were able, able to get in, get registered. Awesome. How was the uh, registration process? Hopefully pretty pretty painless, I hope. That's that's kind of the, the what for, the what for on Tuesday morning. Uh, what do you guys got going on today? Got good things going on? Uh-uh. We got some stuff going on. Um, black tea malware is out. Kind of be identified, the black tea malware. Uh, jobs, crypto mining. Crypto mining malware. Where to, where to look out for it, why to look out for it, what to look for. Uh, DOD and DHS are teamed up again. Uh, one of my favorite organizations with my least favorite name, CISA is out there doing some uh, bringing us new malware stuff to look out for and this one must be particularly bad because they put a special warning on it and then our third story our last story of the day three stories today kind of quiet day on a Tuesday which is strange um, payment card industry Verizon is talking about the payment card industry how PCI compliance has plummeted they didn't say plummeted I did they say it's fallen 27.5% um, fewer people have full PCI compliance. That's, uh, that's an important thing, but I want to drag in, I want to drag you guys in. If you have not had the privilege in your life of talking about PCI DSS, the PCI compliance, um, I want to talk to you about the, the controls and how you, they're going to look familiar to you. So we'll talk about the PCI DSS controls. Uh, and how that uh, that can uh, be implemented in your organization, whether whether or not you take payment card credit cards, credit cards, let's call them credit cards. Morning, Paul. Good to see you. Always good to see Paul in the morning. He's got a ton of stuff going. Gets up at like two in the morning. I don't know. That guy's got the Energizer Bunny, I guess, going. What? Well, way too early. Way too early for me. I. Drag myself out in time to come down here, get some coffee going, make sure that we got a review of the news, try to find it all, try to dig under every corner I can of the internet, trying to find the cyber news stories of the day. You want politics, you can have to go somewhere else. We try to stay neutral here, um, which I guess is not, it's not the fashion of the day to stay neutral. You gotta pick one side or the other. 
I don't try to do that. I try to pick the side of security is where I want to find find myself on the side of security. So that's that's the that that's what's going on here. We're rolling like crazy. Um, Mako and Emily, you know they're they're newer. They're not not brand new, but they're newer to security. They're taking their beta cloud plus today, thanks to thanks to uh, Mike Bravo. He turned us on to the the beta course that I think today is the last day to take the the beta exam. So I took it a couple weeks ago, last week, the week before. A lot of stuff on there, a lot of networking stuff that you wouldn't expect on a cloud certification, but it was there. Some of the stuff you'd expect on cloud certifications, but a lot of the networking stuff, VLANing and stuff like that, I wasn't really expecting, but it was there, firewall configurations, that kind of stuff. Um, so we'll see how they do. They're newer out. I told don't, they, you know, I'm going to tell you guys this too. When you go in to take these exams, don't stress over them, man. I know they're money. I know they're sometimes a lot of money. When you stress it, yourself all worked up, and I'm trying to tell these guys, don't, don't do it. Don't get all stressed out. Just go in there and do your best. Don't worry about it. Um, it's hard to do, I know. It's hard to do, but it's it's just a test, man. Just a quiz, and that's when you get wrapped up. When you get all wrapped up in that, worried about it, that causes a lot of the problem. Ferris, I don't know. Ferris, are you new to the channel? You may be new, or maybe I haven't seen you in a while. Um, good morning. Definitely, definitely good morning, Ferris. Um, so that's what we got going on today. It's going to be an interesting day for them. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see their thoughts of the Cloud Plus certification exam after they take it. It's the beta. Remember, this is the, the version 3 beta. So they're going into this thing. You know, they studied the version 2 documentation. There's absolutely no documentation on version 3. No idea what the domains are. No idea what they're going to be taking. Um, you know, so it's, it's a different world doing betas. I think, um, it's my first time, like I said, this is my first time doing a beta. This is my first beta exam. I've never really did them before. Uh, it's kind of, it's kind of a different experience. It's almost, almost worthwhile doing, just doing them just to get, just to get ahead of the curve, see what they're going to be, what's going to be on these. So I'll be excited when they actually goes live and they actually put the, the, uh, preparatory material out. To see how that aligns with what I was thinking based on taking the certification. So, anyhow, we got three stories to talk about. We've got our water cooler talk of the day. Small town, Gonzales, Texas. We'll be talking about that. That's linked to our our holiday of the day, a strange holiday of the day. So let's throw the intro in. We will uh, be right back. We'll get going after this, the intro. There we go. There we go. I still, we're still, if you guys are, hopefully it's not bugging you too much, we're still messing around with the, the monetization. We're figuring out how that works. YouTube's not so good about telling you how these things work, so if it's really, really bugging you guys, let me know. We gotta figure out how how to use this the best way. Um, make things work right across the board. Crypto mining. Crypto mining. Cryptocurrency is is still a big a big wave. It's still a big thing, right? 
we'd all been smart. We'd all bought a thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin when it came out and just been on that yacht somewhere when it hit its hit its high. It's still pretty high. It's still up there quite a bit. So creating cryptocurrency needs processing power. And a lot of people do it the legitimate way. They buy crypto mining gear, they, they buy big computers, or they get a lot of the newer crypto miners are going out to cloud storage and they're getting cloud uh, resources and they're crypto mining in the cloud. So like at AWS. Um, or they build their, you know, they build their crypto mining rig locally and that's what they use. The bad guy, and we know it always it always comes back to generally the same thing. It always comes back to getting information for one reason or another. Normally that's the state sponsored stuff. Or the other side of malware, other side of the bad guy, is just getting money. Just plain old money. Money is the root of it, right? They're trying to get get the cash, get the dollars, get the saw bucks, right? So that's like crypto jacking or or Illicit, malicious, illicit, malicious crypto mining. Um, people take over your network. People take over your computers, and they use your resources for crypto mining. Um, and that's what this one's about. This is, this is is a new um, crypto jacker. It's called Black Tea Malware. It emerges from the uh, crypto jacker group. Team TNT, and as you guys know, TNT is dynamite. Um, so crypto jacking malware build, variant builds on Team TNT Group's typical approach with a few new sophisticated extras. This is an article by Threat Post, of course, in your show notes if you want to read along or look at it later. Um, we'll talk about it this morning, so you might not even have to. Researchers have discovered the latest crypto jacking malware gambit from TN Team TNT called Black Tea. So the variant builds on the team's typical approach with a few new and sophisticated extras. So uh, <laughs> these guys, um, they're, like, they're like gangs, right? They're, they're like gangs. We talk about a lot of the, the, uh, the ransomware organizations are structured like an actual organization, like a corporation. Um, these, these crypto jackers, these guys are doing malicious crypto mining, are a little bit different. They're like like street gangs almost um and they they fight over computer turf right turf um so we see that we see them fighting over the same resources because they're, they're trying to get as many computers as they can because that's the whole key is in crypto mining you need as many resources as you can so they can they try to get as much real estate in the cyber world as they can and if somebody else is there they're trying to kick them out and they try to keep other people from coming in. So they're trying to get, you know, cyber turf. Um, and that's what this, these guys are doing. So Team TNT is known for targeting Amazon Web Services, or AWS, credentials to break into the cloud and use it to mine Monero cryptocurrency. But according to Palo Alto Networks Unit 42, uh, got a ton of advertisement from those guys, uh, with Black Tea, the group has added in additional capabilities to its tactics, Techniques and procedures (TTPs). I always like when military terms bleed over into the normal public. Uh, these include the addition of sophisticated network scanners, uh, the targeting of the competitor XMR mining tools, and uh, the use of password scrapers. 
password scrapers is is weird you know that's that's a different thing there they're now scraping passwords which may lead to the the indication they're doing something else just besides crypto mining um what team tnt plans to do with the safe passwords and additional capabilities is still unclear but the development signals that the group doesn't plan to slow down anytime soon they're going to keep on rolling their big thing is making cryptocurrency using these resources to make cryptocurrency um in august team tnc was identified by researchers as the first crypto jacking group to specifically target aws with increasingly sophisticated ttps the cyber criminal gang appears to be gaining steady momentum just just last month team tnt was discovered to have been leveraging common open source cloud monitoring tools called WeaveScope to infiltrate the cloud and execute commands without breaching the server. Interesting. So this, this is a jump forward in their sophistication, the article says. Um, yeah. So here's how it works. Once it gets onto these cloud servers, once it gets onto the cloud, uh, once deployed, its first order of business is to disable any other malware competing for prance for processor power. And it's got a list of, you know, different miners um, that it's looking for. So it goes on. The first thing it gets on is it does what security people should be doing, and it looks to see if the computer's already infected with another miner. Um, obviously, something security people we should be doing all the time is looking for these miners on our on our systems. Ironically, the fact that Team TNT identified these competitors in their malware gives security professionals a critical heads up to be on the lookout for potential threats from these groups. Um, battle, uh, these guys, this is uh, Nathaniel Quist, who's a senior threat researcher for Unit 42, says the battle for crop, battle for crop, <laughs> How about some coffee? Ah, the joys being live. Uh, the battle for cloud resources will continue well into the future. In the past, attacker groups like Rocky and Pacha would battle for resources. Team TNT is battling with Kingsing, Kingsing malware and Cruxworm today. I believe this is a battle for resources that will increase and attacker groups We'll look for other opportunities to, do to use cloud resources. We can see now with Team TNT collecting passwords and AWS credentials, an attempt to expand and maintain cloud persistence. Uh, Team TNT is investing. He's going on here. Quist keeps going on. Uh, Team TNT is investing more resources in, into scanning operations, and will with the intent to identify and compromise more cloud systems. ZMAP is a node open source scanning solution. And with the creation, creation of ZGrab uh, and Golang, the Go language written for ZMAP, is an attempt to capitalize on the added benefits of the Go, the Go programming language, such as speed and performance increases. It is likely that Team TNA, TNT actors attempting to refine their scanning capabilities and make them faster, more accurate, and less resource intensive. Man. Yeah. 
Um, a, little, a little more from Quisk. Uh, the inclusion of memory password scraping tools should be considered an evolution of tactics. Team TNT has already integrated the collection and exfiltration of AWS credentials from the compromised cloud systems, which provides post-exploitation capabilities by adding memory uh, by adding memory password scraping capabilities. Team TNT actors are increasing their chances of gaining uh, persistence within cloud environments. Use of worms like uh, MassScan or PN, PNScan by TMTNT isn't new, but Unit 42 noticed Black T adds new scanning port. Researchers wonder whether the signals the group has figured out how to target Android devices as well. Um, yeah. The article closes out as remote workers and cost savings continue to drive computing to the cloud, more groups like Team TNT are sure to emerge ready to take advantage. According to Quist, admins should take steps to ensure their Docker and Daemon APIs, um, as well as other sensitive networks, services aren't exposed so that cloud can be protected uh, from the next evolution of crypto jackers. Yeah, so Docker, we talked about Docker uh, last week. We talked about Docker. It's the next, the next level of virtualization where we can virtualize just the container and put an application in that container um, it provides protection from the security side. We're saying it, it, it puts it in kind of a little sandbox. So the application runs within a little environment. We don't need a full-on Linux stack. A lot of people are uh, to the detriment of some people. Now, some people build Docker, and then inside a Docker container, they build a whole virtual machine, which is possible. Inside a Docker container, you can build the whole Linux machine, like a virtual machine, and then put your application on top of it. I don't see the advantage of that. I say put put your application in the container, have it right on top of a Docker that's running on top of Linux. And then if you ever, so first of all, you, you the first thing is you have protection. It keeps that application a little more walled off from everything else. You know, micro segmentation is what they like to call it. Um, the other thing is if you're tired of using, especially in cloud, maybe we're tired of using Amazon, we can just take those containers and move them to somewhere else. We don't necessarily worry about the underlying infrastructure. So that's a good thing about Docker. The bad thing about Docker, a month ago we talked about some of these Docker exploits. If we expose them too much to the internet, to, oh, to the ability for people to get to them, people can touch them and put their grubby hands on them. They can do bad things to them. Daemon APIs, or application programming interfaces, are another thing. If we can, if we expose our APIs, we don't secure our APIs, that's another way people can get in. And obviously, when we talk about ransomware, we always talk about the big three things. We talk about uh, RDP, remote desktop procedure or protocol, that's open on the internet. Uh, we talk about um, un unpatched VPN connections, unpatched applications in general. Um, and then the end user, not training our end user. That was a big thing. So in this, we kind of see the same things. I mean, don't have stuff exposed to the internet. Don't have ex stuff exposed to unsecure networks, right? So it may not may not even be the internet. Maybe maybe a competitor's or not competitors a a uh, third party network. Probably wouldn't be we probably wouldn't be connecting our network to a competitor's network. Sometimes maybe. Um, so if we connect to a third party network. We want to have the same thing. Don't expose all these interfaces to networks that you don't control right i'm gonna i'm gonna fall back on my rmf that i was talking about arm always talk about rmf i think rmf is one of the 
best things come out of NIST. Um, and a lot of people don't agree with me, but you got to do it the right way. It's not just paperwork drill. In the RMF, we talk about a system, and we talk about all the systems that connect to that system, and we make sure all those connections are secure. So first, the first part of the exercise is who has ability to connect to the system we're talking about. We build that authorization boundary, that, that box that the system lives in, and then we say, where are all those connections in and out? And then of those connections in and out, are they secure? And that's what we're talking about here. We've got APIs, we've got Docker containers, we've got maybe VPNs, we've got RDP. Are all those things secure in our environment? In this, in this case, we're talking about AWS. Um, the move to the cloud is continues. We steadily march to the cloud. Organizations continue to march to, march to the cloud. And there's a bunch of business-based decisions but as security people, we have to look at it differently. There's different things in the cloud. They're the same, but they're different, right? They're the same, but they're different. We have logs in the cloud. We have firewall type things in the cloud. We have network protection in the cloud. It's all just a bit different. What we don't want to do is we don't want to pay for a bunch of cloud resources and have someone like these guys using our resources up, charging us money to mine Bitcoin or to mine cryptocurrency. I would say Bitcoin, but it could be any type of cryptocurrency. A lot of these guys, a lot of these uh, malicious folks, um, they're not they're not mining um, Bitcoin. They're doing this Monero. Monero, right? Yeah, Monero. Monero cryptocurrency. And I don't know. There may be a reason. Maybe that's easier to move around in the illicit circles. But it's usually Monero that they're, they're mining. It's not usually Bitcoin that they're mining. Uh, most of the graphics I find have Bitcoin on them, so we have to create our own. So that's number one on the list. What do you guys think about crypto, this crypto jacking? I'm going to call it crypto jacking instead of just crypto mining because it's the mal malicious type of attack. Um, you know, a lot of people don't even realize it's going on. Um, Post-exploitation, you know, the folks exploit your network and... They don't take anything. They don't take data. They don't take uh, anything out. They just build their infrastructure on your infrastructure. And they start mining. That's that's theft of resources, too. Um, a lot of people don't think of it as, as badly as if the bad guy came in and took a bunch of data or they locked up your servers with ransomware. They don't put crypto jacking in that same bucket. It's theft of resources. Someone is paying for those resources, whether that's cloud resources in AWS that these guys are they're attacking, or it's your server room. So patch your systems, right? Train your end users. You got to keep in things like this. You got to keep the bad guy from getting on the system to start with. And you, this thing, this thing's like like other attack vectors. Once they're getting on to the network, they're using these scanners to look for other machines to compromise. That's what it, that pivot. You know, we used to see that a lot in penetration testing. Penetration tester would get in, you know, and this hackers would do the same thing. They get in, they land on a box, they can exploit. Maybe they can't get to the target they want. So they exploit an easier target, an easier system to get onto, and then they start pivoting. They start moving around your network to get to where they want to get to. So maybe they start with a less protected system, and they use associations between that and another system to move around. Um, and that's what we don't want. Think about that when we're building systems. When we're building systems, we say, hey, this, this system is, is lower impact, lower risk than this other system. 
is there a way to get from A to B between those systems? Um, that's what these guys, these guys love to take advantage of that stuff. They really, really do. Oh, DOD and CISA in the news. Talking about our number two story today. Um, slothful media malware. DOD, DHS warn of attack involving slothful media malware. So this is uh, the U.S. Department of Defense's Cyber National Mission Force, CNMF, um, and the Department of Homeland Security's Critical Infrastructure and Security Agencies, CISA, uh, last week published uh, a malware analysis report that described a new malware named Slothful Media. It's a dropper tool, two-stage dropper. So somehow they're going to get you a lot of times they'll get you to go somewhere to a website or something where they can drop a file onto your system. Uh, might be malware, uh, might be malware, might be phishing, uh, might be like a waterhole attack um, where you're going to a website that's that's been compromised and they can drop this 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 file on your computer. That's why it's called a dropper. They drop the file on there, um, and it's a two-stage dropper. So stage one, once it gets on your system, it's going to download a rat or a remote access tool. Um, and the remote access tool is going to achieve persistence on the target computer. And then the part two of the dropper is the uh, part that actually takes the dropper off your system and just leaves the rat behind. Uh, so it's two-stage. Drops a, drops a dropper, pulls the rat down, and then cleans itself off and just leaves the remote access tool on your computer. And we know there's remote access tools that are for good. We System admins use them all the time. Help desk use them all the time to connect remotely to your computer and fix it, fix your printer or whatever. Um, that's not what these guys are doing, though. No, no, no. This rat's capable of running arbitrary commands, terminating processes, taking screenshots, modifying the registry, and making changes to files. So if modifying registry, we know it's got to be a Windows, Windows uh, machine we're talking about. We're modifying the registry. So U.S. government malware analysis report includes technical details of how the malware works, indicators of compromise, and recommendations for securing systems against such threats. So you can go get the IOC. You can load it into your threat detection and threat protection system. You can load that IOC in there and keep an eye out for this thing. Um, what I thought in this this article jumped out at me. I've read, you know, we've been reading our, the articles for 10 months now. We've been doing Cup of Cyber modified a little bit as we went along, but it's always been at the root talking about the cyber news of the day. It's kind of become what it is today over the last almost year. Um, this is the first time I've really seen something like this coming out of these these folks. Um, it says, the, these guys say from, uh, from the agencies, from CISA and from DOD, uh, users or administrators should flag activity associated with malware and report the activities to CISA or the FBI CyberWatch um, and give the activity the highest priority for enhanced mitigation. You kind of jumped out. These guys kind of seems like they're kind of worried about this one. Um, it kind of does, doesn't go into a ton of detail about the rat, other than kind of what I've already said. It's not uncommon for these types of malware analysis reports to be made public by the U.S. agencies. Uh, to include information about the threat actor to believe beh behind them, including if it's a nation-state actor. However, the report of Slothful Media doesn't provide any information 
on the possible origin of the attackers. CISA and CNMF say the malware has been used in attacks launched by sophisticated threat actors against entities in India, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Malaysia, Russia, and Ukraine, which is a weird mixed bag of, of targets. Um, yeah, so it's a lot of, a lot of, you know, kind of, I don't know, weird, weird set. Sample to malware was also made available to Virus Total by Cyber Command, which regularly posts samples of malware linked to foreign actors. Uh, a majority of the samples shared by uh, US Cybercom have been linked to North Korea. Some have been attributed to Russia and Iran, but this summer it also started sharing Chinese samples. So they're not talking about this particular malware. They're just talking in general, you know, Cybercom's given samples to VirusTotal. Um, ESET last week published a report on XDSpy, previously unknown threat actor that's been active for at least nine years and also targeted Russia and Ukraine, as well as Belarus, Moldova, and Russia, which is Russia twice there. Uh, the group has mainly targeted government organizations, and its main goal appears to be theft of sensitive documents, which well, probably indicates they're state-sponsored. It's an article by Security Week. So Security Week asked ESET if they found any links between XDSpy and Slothful Media, given the tiny timing of the reports and the fact that both target Russia and Ukraine. And they target some other places, too, which makes it weird. However, the cybersecurity firm says Slothful Media is actually related to Power Pool, a threat actor whose activities were detailed in, uh, uh, by the company back in 2018, was spotted exploiting uh, the, a Windows Zero Day vulnerability. So, um, slothful media. I would say if you're if you're going to work today, you're going out. I would talk to your security operations folks, unless maybe you are the security operations folks. Make sure you have this IOC loaded into your. IDS, IPS, threat monitoring tool of whatever sort you're using. Make sure you're looking for this thing. Um, so remote access tool, it's got a dropper, two-stage dropper. Um, so obviously the ways we try to protect this, make sure you're going to known good sites. Make sure you're not, uh, your, your phishing protection is up, you know, train your end users. Um, if you go somewhere where the, the bad guy, in this case, has the ability to, to drop that dropper onto a system, uh, there's a chance of compromise. And we don't know, again, there's a lot of details missing in this article, you know, what type, what type of attack it uses, you know, other than it's a two-stage dropper. Um, we don't know much more than that. So our common defense is our, our security hygiene is important. Uh, train the end user, right? Um, don't go to... to, to mm, I don't want to say malicious, but definitely don't go to malicious sites. Don't go to sketchy sites. You know, um, I know some of the malware protection uh, will put a kind of a web filter in place. It will say, hey, this this site, this is a good to go site. The site, we trust this site. This site's not so trustworthy. Uh, maybe you do something like that. Maybe you have that run in your environment. I don't know if you do or not. I, I've seen it. Uh, tell people not to go to those kind of sketchy sites. Um, sometimes the waterhole attack, sometimes the bad guy attacks an actual good website, a site that you probably use a lot. And if they can attack that and get on there and put their dropper on a, a website like that, it's kind of hard to defend against. So you have to have your full cyber hygiene, defense in depth, diversity of defense, have malware protection up and running, uh, have your IDS and IPS up and going, your threat monitoring tools with this 
indicator compromise. Be looking for it. So once it gets dropped on your network, um, you'll at least know there. You can start cleaning it up. It's gonna be a rat. It's gonna. It's a you dirty rat. You infected my computer. Um, yeah. So keep an eye out for it. Good job, Susan. Dod. I. I'm kind of. You know. I. You know the highest priority for enhanced mitigation. Makes me think something's up with this thing. Makes me think that something's going on. Um, yeah, keep an eye out, keep an eye out. And last this is a short, this is a short article. Um, you can grab this one in the show notes, of course. Um, this is by ZDNet, ZDNet. Payment card security reigns lax, says Verizon Business Report. Um, they, it's funny they didn't include. I don't. I didn't see it. Yeah, there's not a link to the business report, which is funny. Usually they link, link to the business report. Uh, Verizon Business 2020 Payment Security Report highlights PCI DSS compliance down 27.5 percent from 2016. So about four years ago, we're down about a quarter. Um, payment card, payment card. Security is getting weaker as 27.9% of global organizations were in full compliance with the payment card industry data security standard, or what we like to call PCI DSS, according to Verizon. That means that 70%, 70% of, and I'm going to make an assumption here, 70% of those folks that are Processing payment cards are not in compliance with PCI DSS, 72%. Um, that's pretty scary when you think about it. I remember when I when I was working with uh, a pharma pharmaceutical, we did mail order pharmacy stuff. Um, PCI was big. We had to make sure ensure we were maintaining PCI compliance. That was a big deal. Now they're saying. 27.9% are in full compliance with payment card industry standard, PCI DSS. How many are just like a little bit off and how many are, are you know, way, way off? I don't know. Uh, I don't have the report. I'm going to have to hunt down the report. Uh, Verizon 2020 payment card reports uh, highlights PCI DSS compliance is down 27.5% um, from 2016. Um, and full PCI DSS compliance meets these 12, 12 requirements. And obviously, it, it, as we know with NIST, there's controls. And if you look at one control like AC2, there's a ton of pieces underneath it, right? There's a ton, there can be a ton of things. Or you could be like AT2, which isn't very big. Um, so it depends on the controls. So we're going to read through these 12 things. I thought that was important to talk about these 12 things. I've grabbed the article to grab these 12 things. These are the 12 things you need to do to be PCI DSS compliant. Uh, protect your system with firewalls. And obviously there's a bunch of different requirements under that. Uh, configure passwords and settings. Protect stored cardholder data. Encrypt transmission of cardholder data across open public networks. Makes sense, right? Um, use and regularly update antivirus software. Regularly update and patch systems. Restrict access to cardholder data to business need to know. And I will put a caveat on that. 
restrict access to sensitive data. We can use this, these controls anywhere. Um, use unique ID to each person with computer access. Yeah, you, no shared accounts. Restrict physical access to workspaces and cardholder data. Or in another environment, you could say, restrict physical access to workspace and sensitive data. Implement logging and log management. Conduct vulnerability scans and penetration tests. Document and risk assessments. Documentation and risk assessments. That's the 12 things you need to do for PCI compliance. Now, obviously, each one of them has a little more information. I remember PCI first came out and said, you know, protect your system with firewalls was there. That was a requirement uh, early on. And what people would do is they would just put a firewall in and they wouldn't put very good rules in it. So obviously, as this matured, they had to go in to protect your system with firewalls and they had to define some, some sub requirements under that, you know, deny all, allow by exception, right? Those kind of things they put in there. So you look at these 12 things and they, they've obviously got a little bit more meat behind them when you actually go look at the standard, but it's 12 things. It's like, these are 12 things that should be on the top of your list, even if you're not doing PCI, even if you're not taking payment cards, these should be 12 things that you can go to work and you can say, I'm doing these things at work or we're doing these things at work. And I can point to them how we're doing them. Um, it's not, it wouldn't be crazy to say small businesses and home offices should be able to point to the same thing, right? I mean, protect your data, have passwords, have a firewall, have a log and log management. I think if you've got a small office, a home office, small business, you should have logs going somewhere to a log management system. Even if it's an old computer that somebody sets up and sends the logs to, uh, send them off to cloud, send them off to a Google Drive, have your logs somewhere else so you can go back and see if something happened. I think these are the 12 rules that we, you know, 12 just general security rules. You know, the only thing I would, you know, add to this is you take like this, the SANS top 20 or CIS top 20 now. Take those two, uh, know what equipment you have and know what software you have. I'd say know your assets and put that as in here in the list too. And you're, I think you're pretty good to go. These would be a good solid place to start. Know your hardware, know your software, and then these 12 things. I think if you're just coming into an organization, this should be your initial checklist. Can I do these 12 things? Can I point to how we're doing these 12 things? Yeah. It's funny it's going down. Compliance is down. Um, according to Brian, Verizon companies are struggling to retain qualified chief information security officers uh, and lacking long-term planning. Key among the report are 51.9% uh, successfully test security systems and processes, as well as on unmonitored system access. Two-thirds of all businesses track and monitor access to business-critical systems. 70.6% um, of financial institutions maintain essential perimeter security controls. And then if you look at the article from ZDNet, they've got some trends you know, from each year. Um, <laughs> I like that it's, it's nice that they, I'm assuming, making an assumption, that the, the requirements, 1 through 12, listed on the side here, they're just like R1 through R12. Um, I'm assuming that those are, you know, in order 1 to 12 above in, in the list. 
and it's got it shows which one uh, which which ones have gone up and gone down now let's see here what is the biggest drop been 15 17 46 I think that's the lowest one looks like 40 46.9% of organizations configure passwords and settings wow that's that's rough guys that's rough worth checking it out I'll see if I can't find the actual report and uh, throw that in post show for y'all because it's not usually it's in the usually it's in the article but it's not in this one we'll see if we can't find it but that's your rundown rundown news of the day news of the day what you should know when you're going out to fight the cyber fight do the good things for cyber um, we need to give you something to talk about around the water cooler, right? Um, that's come and take it. It's come and take it day. Come and take it. It's funny, the the little holiday, the place I go on the website to look for these holidays, these little weird holidays, um, they're just saying, it's always October 6th, come and take it day is a day uh, for taking it, grab it, take it, run with it, We're gonna, we're, it's going to be a great day. Slight difference between come and get it and come and take it. The first suggests offer, um, therefore approval, you know, whatever it is. That's really not, you know, I, I think they're candy coating this one. Candy coating this one. That's why I gave you the story, the story behind come and take it. Um, you may have seen this flag. This is a lot of the folks, the, the three percenters or the, you know, again, skirting away from the politics of this. Um, Battle of Gonzales. Uh, which was the first fight in the Texas Re Revolution of 1835 with the Texas, you know, the, the, the war with Mexico uh, when Texas got its independence. Uh, the long and the short of this is when uh, Mexico was setting up uh, its 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 world when it had its territory. When Texas was part of Mexico, they were trying to protect their towns, and they gave a cannon to this town in Texas called uh, Gonzales, and uh, when the war broke out between Texas and Mexico, uh, the Mexican government said, hey, give us our cannon back, and, and because Texas was at war with Mexico, they were like, we're not giving your cannon back, and they're like, yeah, come, uh, no, we gave you that cannon, give us back, you can't, you can't keep it, it's ours, and they said, obviously, come and take it. Um, so this is, uh, happened 1835, that happened. Famous flag, you've seen it everywhere. Um, yeah, so a little bit more, you can read read a little bit more about it. They got a picture of the actual flag. Um, I'm not sure how, the, how long the battle lasted. Let's see if I can see in here. Not sure. Could be, could be four days. So if it went from the second to the sixth, that would make sense. Why we're celebrating it on the sec on the sixth, but uh, started on October second. Always ce celebrate this day on the sixth of October. If you need a, something to talk about today, you can talk about come and take it day. Come and take it day. Talking about the Battle of Gonzales when the Texas and and Mexican War when Mex when Texas declared its independence became a republic. Um, and uh, kept their cannon for a little while, I think. I'm pretty sure they, the uh, 
Mexican government came and got it back. Um, so anyways, that's what you got to talk about today. That's what's going on today. Hopefully, hopefully you guys are well on your way this week. Hopefully you got good things going on. Hopefully you're getting the things done you want to get done. Um, I'm going to tell you, take care of your friends, your family, your coworkers. Take care of your organization. Take care of each other. Uh, use this news, hopefully in a good way. Hopefully it's going to help you get started on your day. Um, I didn't see any, either of the Bravos here this morning, Mike or Sierra, but I'm going to say for them, go get some today. Um, go make good things happen today. Got uh, almost 24 hours, about 23 hours till we're here again tomorrow morning. Um, if you can, obviously like, subscribe. Um, hit the bell to be notified. Share it with your friends. That would be great if you've got security folks out there that want to talk about this. It is, again, will be available later today on audio only on the podcast world. If you want to point people to that, that's coming along slowly. People are pulling it down, uh, listening to it on the go, I guess. But that's what we're talking about. I'd love to see you guys comment below, hear what you got to say about things. Got a weird bit of light coming in. Right there. Uh, so, anyways, go out there, make something good happen today, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>